Hey guys, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I tried different diets, exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that really thrives on you not getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love. Play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to access my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and that the show is really sponsored by you guys. Each of you that works with me that I am able to take on as a client helps me to be able to keep putting out these podcasts for free. So I just want to thank you, each of you, for your love and support. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 118. In today's episode, I interview traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, Tim McCormick. Be sure to stick around for the end of the show to learn where Tim will be continuing his practice and education, all about sinew channels, and a fun talk with a great friend. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And online today, uh, I have another returning guest. Um, a good buddy, Tim McCormick. Uh, Tim recently graduated uh, school uh, for the second time. Well, maybe third or fourth time, I guess, right? Uh, but Tim, you want to tell us uh, what's new, what's, what's been going on since the last time we spoke? Yeah, so so graduation was the biggest thing, right? Um, that's, I guess, the milestone of it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Just... Um, just plugging away, man. It's just uh, keep, keeping after it. The, the program got a lot more intense after the last time we talked. Uh, made the transition to mostly clinical hours and and very little classroom, um, except for one except for one semester, which was just all class and and all clinic. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to give yeah. everybody like kind of an overview, even so. It's a master's in traditional oriental medicine. Is, is that it, correct? Right, right. So MSTOM, uh, Master okay. of Science in Traditional Oriental Medicine. So can you give everybody an overview of what that even means? Like what what does it uh, mean to, to go to school for that and like what you've done, what you've prepped for, and like what you're about to embark on? Right, so <clears throat> it's a um, – so the degree mainly focuses – on um, on East Asian medicine, right? So acupuncture and herbal medicines, and, mm-hmm. and really, this is something that 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 shifted for me in the past. Uh, I'd say just three months or whatever, because so many people have asked me, um, you know, can can acupuncture treat this, or can you treat this or this condition? You know, can you treat? Um, my my cousin has this. Can you treat this? My sister has that. Can you treat that? Mm-hmm. You know, and and really, it comes down to, you know, it's what we what we study is East Asian medicine. So all it is is just medicine from an East Asian perspective. So 
anything, any disorder within the human body, we treat. We treat it from an Asian perspective um, versus versus the, the Western perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so that's what we learn how to do. We learn how to think from an Asian perspective while incorporating, because necessarily in America today we have to incorporate the Western medicine, and rightfully so, because they do amazing things. Um, and so. We, we have to incorporate both Western and Eastern. So our training uh, school, it's you know, over 3,000 hours of, of, of training and uh, yeah, probably close to, right, probably right around half of that, probably you know, 1,000 to 1,500 of those hour, uh, hours are in uh, Western medicine. So we do pharmacology. You know, we have we have a whole series of classes on, on pharmacological interventions from a Western perspective as well as our, what what we could call the pharmacological interventions uh, from an Asian perspective would be the the herbal medicines. Um, I think that's something that's really cool to bring up though too and make note of like Western and Eastern aren't like mutually exclusive. I mean, there still is going to be this ton of carryover I'm sure that you uh, experienced over those 3,000 total hours but you're seeing like yeah, there's a lot that both practices get from each other. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 they should they should they should be feeding off of each other more than than they really are because um, you know it's kind of cliches are cliche because they're true, right? It's the rising tide lifts all boats, and so you know if if, if if we build up Western medicine, I mean here's here's the simple the simple fact of the matter is. Um, is that if you cut, if you cut your finger off or if you cut your hand off, you know, accidentally cut your hand off, and you come to my acupuncture office, uh, I'm going to send you <laughs> right to the ER. You know, right. Like I don't, we you know we do a lot of amazing things, but we don't we don't put hands on very well. You know, like, <laughs> it's going to take a, not a lot of needles to put that back together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just don't do that very well, but I know somebody who does, and so I'm going to send you to the person who puts hands on really well. You know, and you'll get your hand back on, and everything will be fine. It'll reinnervate and all that. So, and in the same regards, you know, somebody has uh, you know, 15, 20 years of back pain, and they go to the ER. In my opinion, the ER doc should should send them to the acupuncturist because it's like all they can really do is throw some medicine at them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I remember that, that uh, one of my mentors uh, actually. One of my mentors, let's, let's, let's name drop this one, Travis Robbins, uh, <laughs> said to me, said to me at one time, you know, um, if you go into the ER and tell them you have lower back pain, they send you out of the ER and tell you you have lumbago, which is just Latin for lower back pain, you know. So it's like they don't, they don't actually get to the root of it; they just tell you it in a different language, and. and 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 a lot of the time that's what that's what they do in Western medicine is they just put it into medical medical talk so that you can't understand it but you feel like something happened right yeah you've so. been given a diagnosis that now it's oh okay they know what's going on right yeah and that's and just because they put it in a in a language that they can understand that you can't doesn't mean they know what's going on and and yeah, and like I said, I would say that for me too. There's a lot of things I'm not gonna, I'm not going to even 
attempt to try to treat because Western medicine does it really well. They do surgery really well. They do emergency medicine really well. Um, and and sometimes you do need medication. Sometimes a, a, a disorder is past the point where, you know, it's it's so out of balance, the body is so out of balance that you need something drastic to bring it back closer to balance and then we can work with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's that that you know exchange of ideas and 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 playing nice with each other which but you know it's it's where we're heading medicine in America and it's a good thing because the 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 younger and and um the people that we hang around with in in medicine so there's uh academy of integrative health is out here in mm-hmm. San Diego and there's a big student population because we have uh, SDSU, which has a great physical therapy department, um, UCSD, University of California, San Diego, um, one of the top med- medical schools in the country. Um, and so there's a there's a huge population of, of um, medical students out here. And we have Bastier, which is a naturopathic um, doctor school. And... Um, and then we have Pacific Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, where where I graduated from, and um, so there's, there's there's a huge medical community out here, and and the younger generation, we all want to work together. So it's it's where it's going in in, in the next generation. We're, we're we're going to be working together in an integrative setting, and um, and I feel like my school really really helped me prepare for that for the future. That's actually really encouraging to hear that, uh, even though, like, again, more Eastern-based medicine schooling, but still they're not, like, poo-pooing basically on the whole Western medicine. Like you said, it's that integrative fashion, uh, which is awesome to just hear. And I agree. Like, I see it, too, uh, just in our practice. Like, people are really opening their minds to a lot more. And I think as society does that as a collective, like, we're going to see it with things not just uh, in medicine and health overall, but I mean, it opens the doors to so many different things that really can, I think, help advance like humans, the planet, everything. Right, right, absolutely. So yeah, and I think oh, I think go ahead. That, no, it's, so it's just um, I've been thinking about this recently, and it's just it, it's it's the ego. Right, is what yeah. keeps us from not from not integrating with each other, and it's I, I want to be right. I want to have the correct diagnosis every single time, and I want to be able to to you know even even from a good from a good place. Uh, you know, um, I want to help everybody, <laughs> but but I think sometimes it takes just a a, a humility. Sorry, this big old truck just drove by. So some sometimes it takes that humility to to just recognize I want to help everybody, but I'm not the best person to help this person at this time. Mm-hmm. You know? And that and that takes that takes uh, uh that takes a lot. That takes trying to get rid of the ego, like actively <laughs> actively eliminating our pride. So it's not something that, that a lot of people undertake in their life. No, I think just you having that awareness of that, I mean, will go incredibly far with uh, for for yourself, for your own practice, because, again, the ego, 
the ego can help drive us very well, but the ego can also be our, I guess, biggest limiting roadblock. Uh, so mm. that recognition of the ego, of the self, I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to do, but as it as you continue to practice it and continue to be aware of it, both good and bad, uh, I think you'll just find yourself in a better and better place. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, recognition is the first step. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Recognizing that, like you said, you can't treat everybody. You're not going to be the best person in every single scenario. Like, what is your ideal situation now that you've graduated? Like, getting ready to start practicing, like, what what do you see yourself doing? Like what you may wave that magic wand, like where are you uh maybe over the next couple months or over the next few years? Yeah, so um that's a good question. <laughs> 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 I think um you know I'm 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 super encouraged. Right? I'm I'm really encouraged by what's ahead of me. Because everything is opportunity at this point. So in this field, we're we're right on that kind of tipping point. You know, we're right on the, the right on the cusp of when I when I talk to somebody, if they haven't had acupuncture, they're they're open to trying it. You know, and, mm-hmm. and usually they respond, "What do you what do you do?" Oh, I'm an acupuncturist. Um, oh wow, yeah, yeah so and so, you know, my friend or my or my family member that or they tried it, it really helped them. You know, okay. Awesome, yeah, yeah, you know, and then and then I I haven't had it yet, but um, I would be open, right? So I, so we're at that point where those are the conversations that we're having now. Whereas I feel like even a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, um, and 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 definitely when I first started, it was acupuncture. What's that? Mm-hmm. You know? And so wait, 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 what do you mean? What are you going to do? Like, how are you going to get a job? How are you going to survive? You know, help with that. <laughs> And uh, and so it, it's funny because everybody that, that that I started school with, everybody that I graduated with, um, we all just we all kind of had that uneasy feeling of well, I don't know, you know, I don't I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't I don't know where it's going to take me, but I know I have to do it. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's a calling there's a calling on my life that tells me that I have to do this, and that's really what we all went on. Um, and and you know a lot of people had experienced the benefits first, and then decided to pursue it as a career uh, because they saw the power of the medicine and the effectiveness of it. And um, and as some of us like me, I didn't have acupuncture until we started doing needling classes. <laughs> right. And so when we started needling, that's the first time I had acupuncture, and you know, it was just. I mean, Probably half of my classes like that. We 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 started the school just just based on the idea that I know there's something here, and I just I I have to dedicate my life to this. And so, uh, where am I going? Me personally, moving forward, I'm I'm actually going to be moving to Japan in August. So, I'm finishing up the uh, I'm finishing up clinic hours this summer and then I'm moving to Tokyo um to study to study acupuncture over there. Um 
I haven't, I haven't really narrowed down the clinic. I know what I want to do is treat pediatrics. Um, mm-hmm. And and the Japanese systems of acupuncture are, uh, yeah, as a whole, like not not every single one of them, but as a whole, like in general, they are more gentle than the Chinese systems and the Korean systems. Um, what is that? Could you, could you describe that a little more? Because I'm not sure, like, uh, what you mean by more gentle for acupuncture, at least. Like, I think of it, like, the second you say more gentle, I'm like, wait, somebody's normally just, like, going to be, like, jabbing me with meat needles, and you're just, like, sticking them in softly? <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's more, so the needling technique is 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 more about uh, tonification and strengthening so it's less dispersing, right? So if you think, and it doesn't, you know, a skilled acupuncturist, it's not, it's not jabbing. You know, there's 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 Chinese and you know there's acupuncturists everywhere, right? Who from from any discipline. Mm-hmm. And the needle technique is about is about practice, you know, and it's about um, experience, you know, knowing how to make the how to insert the needle without pain, right? because. Mm-hmm. If you go to a good acupuncturist, you won't even feel the needles when they're inserted. Right, and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's you know from a Chinese discipline or a Korean or a Japanese. Like you just they're they're an experienced acupuncturist knows knows how how to insert needles without pain. Um, but the, from the theory, from the theoretical standpoint of treating the disease, um, the Japanese approach, at least. At least from what I've learned, right? I'm just, uh, there's there's other there's other systems out there, there's other disciplines out there that I, that I don't even know of, um, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to group an entire Chinese discipline or Chinese system into into one group and a Japanese and a Korean. But from from what I was taught, from what I learned, and from um, the disciplines that I've I've been introduced to so far, there's there's a specific style of Japanese therapy, uh, meridian therapy, and then there's shakuju therapy, and their their focus is uh, the strengthening. So, if you just imagine that, you know, the body is is in balance when in health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a healthy body is in balance, and an unhealthy body or uh, uh, disordered body, diseased body is out of balance. Um and so if you if you imagine the two sides of a scale being, you know, just take yin and yang for example, right? So mm-hmm. if yang if if yin has is is deficient, then yang will be excess because you're 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 balancing out the scale, right? Right. And so if one side is down, the other side is up. And so that this style of, of acupuncture, the approach is that the excess, the, call it yang in this example, right? That the excess is what's causing the symptoms. So if you have a headache, the the yang has risen up to the head, and that's what's causing the headache. But the yang would not have risen to the head had the yin not been deficient. And so in this style, what we do is we supplement the deficiency to bring the yang back down. And so that the yin is supplemented, the yang comes down, and the body is back in balance, and the headache goes away, 
because the underlying cause for the headache was was addressed. Um, and so that is in contrast to other styles of acupuncture, which will um, to move move the chi in 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 the meridian that the headache is presenting in. So if you have a headache on the on the side of your head, that's a uh, gallbladder meridian, right? Uh, if you have a headache on the top of your head, that could be it could be liver meridian, it could be bladder meridian, um, and in the front of your head, on the forehead, it could be stomach, it could be kidney, it could be bladder again. So some 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 practitioners will uh, just just move the chi in that channel, which will also get rid of the headache for a period of time, but it'll the the imbalance is still there, All right? And so eventually it'll come back. And so this style is more about treating the underlying cause of um, of the of, of the symptoms that are presented, right? And so I no, I'm falling. Like I'm starting. I'm piecing this together as you're going. This is awesome. Yeah, which which is interesting. We're right? talking about Western medicine and Eastern medicine and, and the integrative approach and all because that's it's it's really similar when you break it down to the. To, to the to the intricacies of it here, in that you know one doctor, if you come in with a headache, one doctor might just give you aspirin and send you home, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then and then one doctor might actually might send you for tests to see what's going on to see if there's you know if there's a vitamin deficiency or if there's um, a nutrient deficiency, you know. So so it's this it's really the same approach, right? And 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 in and in Asian medicine, we call it the, the root and the branch. You know, the root is the underlying cause. The branch is the symptom mm-hmm. of the underlying cause. And so this uh, the, the approach that I'm going to study is much more of a root-based treatment approach. So how much of your schooling was, at least I guess the acupuncture side, influenced by that root approach, or was it more of the branch that you guys studied? Um, so in the in the clinic and in the classroom, it was it was a little bit, you know, different. So we 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 studied the root. That's you know, you start at the root, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the times, yeah, the majority of the time, a great majority of the time, you know, over ninety percent of the time, branch symptoms will point you back to the root. So so just okay. like I said just like I said, let's take that headache for example. If the headache is on the um if the headache is on the side of the head, right, that could be the, the gallbladder meridian, it could be Sanjiao meridian, um but then it could also be uh uh the the bladder or the or the small intestine because those meridians run up there, right? Mm-hmm. But there's twelve meridians in the body and we just narrowed it down to four. Right? Okay. So so because we know that those that that's where the meridians run, and then there's internal pathways of them of, of the meridians that run there as well. So then we start to go towards um let's let's call it a, let's call it a gallbladder headache because it's that's kind of that that is the most common. Um mm-hmm. So then it's like so. So how are you sleeping? Right, that would be my next question. How are you sleeping? Well, you know, I kind of 
I wake up in the, early in the morning and I and I can't get back to sleep. Well, the gallbladder, the time for the gallbladder on 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 the so we have a we have a clock, right? Where all mm-hmm. the meridians are strongest at a certain period of time during the day, and all the meridians are weakest at a certain period of time. During the day. And if anybody hasn't checked this out, make sure like just what should they search for, Tim? Uh, you can Chinese circadian clock. Yeah, because it's it's really cool to check out to um, even kind of see for yourself. Like you're going to notice like probably uh, times of like really high energy, really low energy, and I guess some of that can even correlate along this clock, right? Yeah, it certainly certainly can. So it's it's the the theory behind it is that so let's say like right now it's you know probably nine fifteen nine thirty on the west coast, right? So so, and you do this for your time zone because that's where you pretty much set to. Right, right. Okay, okay. So, so, um, so for for me right now, um, I'm in the in the stomach meridian. Mm-hmm. Right. So from, uh, sorry, spleen, spleen, and then uh, from nine to eleven is spleen. From eleven to one. Is heart, right? So you guys are in the heart. Mm-hmm. We're we're in the spleen out here, um, and that is the time where there's the most chi in that meridian. So the the the, the meridian is most full of chi. The, the spleen meridian is most full of chi from nine to eleven in the morning, and the heart okay. meridian is most full of chi. From eleven to one, and so you can if if you notice things if you notice things happening in your body throughout the day and you make note of the time, there could be a correlation between the time and 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 the things that are happening for this for this example we're using the the gallbladder and the gallbladder is eleven to one at at night so eleven p m to one a m is the time for the gallbladder. Mhm. And um and when people wake up early, like in that in those first couple of hours after midnight, it's generally a gallbladder issue. And when they wake up early and they can't get back to sleep. So if you wake up and then you fall right back to sleep, it's usually not a big deal. Um that doesn't really say anything diagnostically. But mm-hmm. waking up not being able to fall back asleep is associated with gallbladder deficiency. Um, and so if we're trying to narrow down whether it's these four channels on the head that are causing a headache and something like that comes up, we, we ask a question about sleep and if waking up early and can't fall back asleep, then that points us towards the gallbladder again. Right? Um, other things like dryness in the eyes, I mean, it's, it, it 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 gets really complicated really quickly, and I'm yeah, kind of realizing that. Right? So, so like dryness in the eyes is is a liver symptom, which is paired with the gallbladder. Which, mm-hmm. if we, you know, if if we're trying to narrow down which channel it's in, and that comes up, like this is a case that I had just yesterday. That's why I'm so it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So, so. We had a gallbladder. I had a gallbladder headache come in yesterday, and uh, one, two, three, four, 
four four points, um, dropped it from from an eight out of ten to a zero, and and he walked out with no no more pain. But two of those points we supplemented the deficiency, and then two of those points we we addressed the headache directly, and so he was able to walk out without any headache, go home. He was fine. Um, but all of the all of the corroborating signs and symptoms pointed us towards a liver deficiency with a gallbladder excess, and so it's it's root focused. The schooling is is root focused, but the branch often points us to the root. Right. I'm I'm seeing this whole tree come together right now, so this is really cool. Exactly. Yeah, and so. You kind of you know the tree by the fruit that it bears on its branch, right? So, <laughs> how about that. So, Tim, I'm curious, friends, too, because you sent me a couple. Uh, I guess they're called sinew channels, like some some pictures of things. And mm, yeah, I'm I'm curious about this because I've always heard the term meridian. Is that the same thing? Is that different than sinew? Because I think of sinew like. On an animal, like you see, this just like tough, gristly stuff, uh, and I'm sure. I mean, we have that in our bodies, of course, too. But it's, it, it, how do the two correlate? Are they the same thing, or what is a sinew channel exactly? Yeah. So, um, from you know, in, from our perspective, we we look at the body uh, superficial to deep. Mm-hmm. So we have we have the skin. Uh, the skin and the hair layer, or the body hair and the skin, right? And that's our that's our that's our main defense. It's um, it's what protects us from the external environment, and it's the it's that first gatekeeper, right, of of what what the body allows into into itself. Um, and so that's kind of our our defensive chi is it circulates on the exterior is what is what the uh, the classics of acupuncture would say. Um, mm-hmm. And then the next layer is is between the skin and the muscle, and it's um, this inter- interstitial space. But between the skin and muscle layer is it's called the soli in in classics, and it, it basically re- refers to um, interstitial spaces. You know, and it's that it's that next layer um, of defense between penetrating a deeper level of the body and and the nutrition that flows through it, right? Um, so this nutritive layer that's in there is full of uh, all all of our um, all of our defense defense nutrients, right? And that's that's how we look at it. Mm-hmm. It's what defends us from the exterior. So so the next layer that goes in is that sinew meridian and it's Really, it's just your muscles, right? Um, and it's it's just a matter of palp- palpating the palpating the skin from superficial to deep, and you find that there's a space between the skin and the muscles, and so there's these there's these different levels. Um, and so the sinew the sinew meridians are really like the it's it's the muscles that are that run along specific meridian and the the way that 
the way that I've used them clinically so far, and again, I just graduated, so I haven't seen many um, many patients like on my own out out in practice. But the way that I've used them so far is with sports injuries, and they're because a lot of sports injuries deal with muscles and tendons and ligaments. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so mu- muscles and tendons and ligaments that lie along a sinew meridians. Um, we have the most effect by using the points on the sinew channels. Uh, now sinew channels don't have their own points, but they have meeting points and they have uh, binding sites. And so one of one of the one of the images that I sent you, you know, you can you can see that along these uh, meridians, along these pathways, there's darkened areas. Right. And so there's there's lighter areas and there's darker areas. So the majority of it is a light area, but then as you travel along, it's, it's usually around around joints, like either just below or just above joints, where uh, they call them binding sites. Mm-hmm. And binding sites is, is just, from my understanding, it's just where chi tends to accumulate. Okay. And so... So if there's an injury along that channel, the chi will accumulate in one of these binding sites. Um, and then just it won't be able to disperse to that entire channel? Exactly. So okay. in, in, in Asian medicine, all pain is, is from a stagnation. So it's either blood stagnation, which shows up as a bruise, right, or, or chi stagnation. And okay. When when either of these stagnations occur, um, and you can also you can discern which is which is which by the the quality, the nature and the quality of the pain. So sharp pain is blood stagnation, dull pain is chi stagnation, um, fixed pain is blood stagnation. Whereas um, if it if it moves if it moves, it, it's more of a, a chi stagnation. Um, okay. And so and there's different there's different approaches to treating each one. Um but but really the the, the sinew channels are, are intriguing to me because I get to send people I get to send people home with the ability to to, to heal themselves. By at least doing like some soft tissue work in that area? Exactly, yeah. So anything that that they can reach I I just teach them how to do it. You know, and it's. I would rather, I'd rather you be able to to heal yourself than have to take time out of your day and come in, you know, to 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 get treatment. Um, and so that that's what's really intriguing to me about the sinew channels is it's just if we can if we can break it down and 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 it, and it can be as simple as find the channel and then do do some soft tissue work on the binding site that. Gives you the most reactivity. You know, you can you can probably uh, eliminate I don't know twenty percent of, of ER cases. That's a made up statistics and all. <laughs> you know, don't don't quote me on that, but a lot. <laughs> so you you know a lot of people that come into ER or or, or are just walking around dealing with soft tissue injuries could be alleviated by just simply knowing which which binding site they need to work out and and allow the chi to to move freely in that channel again. 
And so it's really powerful, um, really powerful to enable people, right? And, and then it's just amazing how quickly it works. Um, just just over and over again, I have a, um, I have a tool, it's called rotation, mm-hmm. and and it's really, it's just like a, a cylindrical piece of, of, of silver, right? But I've also used uh, stainless steel ones, or I've used even like the back of a needle when I didn't have rotation, and I wanted to treat these sinews, sinew channels. Um, and it's just a matter of narrowing down which channel is stagnated, and then stimulating the point that you find that um, that the accumulation has presented in, and um, I, I, so just yesterday we had a um, had a, a lady who came in. She she was in a car accident four years ago, so she's been in pain for four years with her neck, um, left side of her neck, and so at this point it was up to. Yeah, an, an eight again. So it was eight out of ten. She came in, couldn't stand it anymore, and just by using these these points, it dropped down to a four in about you know ninety seconds of of diagnosis and treatment, just by stimulating the one point that the that the, the stagnation had presented in this one sinew channel, and so her pain just dropped in half, and she couldn't believe it. It's been happening for four for four years. And and half the time I can't believe it either, you know. It's just like <laughs> it's still just it's hard. To see. Yeah, it's hard to conceptualize for me, having a Western mind. Still, you know, uh, <laughs> twenty twenty eight years of Western thinking, and then four years of Eastern thinking. It's kind of I'm still working on it. Still bringing that balance uh, back for yourself. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the uh, that's the wonderment, I guess, of the of the sinew channels, right? <laughs> like, it just works so quickly. That's a, is this and, similar? Oh God! No, I was just going to say, and it's consistent with uh, it's consistent with theory, you know, with the theory of, of of Asian medicine that that at the superficial level, she is more reactive, you know, and so. It's more yang, so it's more active. It's more a yang is more active than yin, right? And so, um, at the superficial level, closer to the skin, you have really quick results. If it's in that superficial level, you can get results very quickly. If it's mm-hmm. penetrated to the deeper levels, then it takes more and more treatment um, to really to get to that underlying uh, disorder, and so. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I guess it shouldn't surprise me that it that it that it happens so quickly because it's consistent with the theory all the way through. So, Tim, where I was going to take this, and I don't know if you studied that much. Like, is this similar to like what we what we would see as fascial lines at all, or is it still pretty different than that? Because I'm thinking still more musculoskeletal on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say Thomas Meyer's book, The Anatomy Trains, that is in the back he has in the back appendix, I think the appendix B or, or C or something. He has mm-hmm. a um he has images of 
the, the the anatomy trains, right, the lines that he had found. Right. Um, and he overlays them with the, the meridians of Chinese medicine. Um, and 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 they're they're nearly identical. It's uh it's I'm really I, I don't have that book in the office, but when I get home I'm gonna have to check that out to see that. Now I'm curious, yeah. Yeah. They're they're almost identical. And and so that's that's one of the newest theories is that the the meridians are fascial lines. Um and and I buy it. I mean, so this, there's there's a, a British doctor, British ER doctor, and acupuncturist. His name's Daniel Cohen, mm-hmm. and he wrote a book called The Spark in the Machine. Um, uh, so I don't know if you have heard of that one, but that no, is, that that's a really eye-opening book as well because what he does is he goes through the embryological development of humans and shows how the development of the humans in, in, in utero is basically what they were describing in the classics of Chinese medicine. There's another way to break down the body. It's called the six divisions. And so there's um, paired, paired organs in our, in our body. So like the, the lung and the large intestine are paired um, the liver and the gallbladder are paired, the spleen and the stomach are paired, um, and and then uh and then there's other there's other ways to pair them as well through like lung and spleen. And I think I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm not gonna be able to explain all of this. <laughs> but, uh, but read the book. <laughs> That's probably um, the easiest way I guess, right? Yeah, and so he just breaks down the embryological development and, and how these paired organs uh, actually develop one from each other. They develop from the same the same place, like the the liver and pericardium. They all they start at the diaphragm and they spread out. Now, so the pericardium spreads up and up and to the left in the body, and and envelops the heart, and the liver spreads down and to the right. But they start they have the same same starting place, and his his theory is is based on this the embryological development and how um, there's points at which growth, basically these growth lines in the embryo, um, and on those growth lines there's a great accumulation of acupuncture points later in life, and so it, it's 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 basically the the shoulder and the elbow and the wrist, and then the hip, the knee, and the ankle. And around them is where we find a lot of our acupuncture points. And so mm-hmm. he's saying that these these growth points are actually where the, the acupuncture points de- uh, develop, and and it's all based on embryological development and, and what we know now, being able to look in the embryo deeper than we ever could before. So fascinating book. I highly recommend reading it. And it's and it's a great. He's an ER doctor in in England, and uh, he has some great stories about how uh, how effective acupuncture is in the ER. So, which, like you said, it wouldn't it, like that's not something a lot of people are going to think of. But you just saw yesterday. Like you said you had somebody come in eight out of ten pain. 
One of them went from to, down to a four. The other one went down to a zero. And like you said, you're still surprised at how fast this works. But, I mean, this could be just like major, major problems that people are having. And they can at least get some of the faster relief as long as it's not like we talked about before, like getting their hand sewn back on. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I'm and, curious. And, and even, Go ahead. Sorry, so just say even even for people to have at home, you know, like those, um, you know, at home remedies. It's like, whoa, well, if I just press this point, then I don't need to go to the ER and you know just imagine. Or take more pain medications. Exactly, and and if a majority of of things like headache or or you know even um, you know lower back pain and 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 just things that that we can address like physical pain, mm-hmm. um, if we empower people to to treat themselves, just imagine the the, the cost. Even if you just go the financial cost of the healthcare system, how much money <laughs> would it save? Yeah. If everybody who would go to the ER for a headache just you know went next door because they they knew somebody that could that could help them in less time and they didn't have to spend any money. So just wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. Yeah, uh, and go ahead, go ahead, sorry. So I'll just spell his last name for you because it's a tricky one. I already brought it up uh, and found it. I can I can just put it in the show notes for everybody. Perfect. Perfect. So, Tim, what are maybe two of the things that you've learned in, like, the last two years that have really just changed you, uh, not only as a practitioner, but really as a person, too? Um, you know, I was just talking to a supervisor yesterday. Um, and I feel like the <laughs> huh, I feel like the what's changed me I feel like just school in general, right? Just just understanding how stress affects our um our lives as a whole. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've changed I've grown, you know, emotionally, spiritually, in the past four years more than I think I have in the, in, in, the, in the previous 28, just because stress drives growth, right? Um, you can't you can't grow. Take the weight room, right? You can't grow in the weight room unless you're increasing the stress that you're placing. Like if you're, if you're not mm-hmm. increasing the weight, you're not going to get stronger. And so stress is uh, um, is is good for us to a certain extent, but then also managing and knowing the limit. Now, if you if you throw a forty five on the bar when when you can't even handle a twenty five, then you're going to end up injuring yourself. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that regular regular acupuncture reduces. Uh, I wouldn't say reduces. I guess it kind of raises the line of the amount of stress that you can that you can uh, process in your body, uh, and that's just something that's that I wouldn't have expected. Because coming in, the theory that I accepted into my 
into why I was pursuing this and why I was uh, dedicating my life to this field was that we can we can resolve pain. You know, we can um, theoretically it makes sense to be able to to move stagnation to clear stagnations and to rebalance the body, and that's what and that's what helps uh, alleviate pain. Um, but I didn't recognize or I didn't know of the subtle um, the subtlety of, of acupuncture and how regular acupuncture actually balances your body so that you're more able to deal with the regular stressors of life. And just having a more balanced system creates a more efficient system. And so that, that makes sense to me. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of slowing down and allowing allowing your health to be a priority is something that I I hadn't thought about four years ago. But now it's something that I practice daily. Now my health has to be a priority. And I I didn't realize how how effective and efficient acupuncture really is at, at maintaining that and allowing that to happen. Um, you're calmer, you know. It's like a, it's like a meditation. If you if you find a good acupuncturist, if you somebody that you trust, you can just go in and zone out, and they rebalance your body, and uh, and you just accept that into your healing. You know, you accept that into your body, and 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 uh, walk out better. You know, walk out more efficient, and walk out more able to handle what's uh, what's coming down the pipe. You know, there's like a a lot, a lot of people come out of an acupuncture treatment and they're just, you know, sedated, you know, and they want to take a nap and they want to they want to um, they want to just go lie down and 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 I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily a good thing because uh, for one you can't take a nap in the middle of the day most of the time. And, uh, and and for two, in the classics, it, it says that uh, acupuncture lifts the clouds and reveals a clear blue sky. And it, it actually invigorates. It, 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 it clears your head. It, it, it eliminates the brain fog. You know, and you should come out of an acupuncture treatment more prepared to engage the day. And, and and to accomplish what you want to accomplish, um, and so I, you know, specifically, I, uh, I can't really think of anything that that's learned that's changed me. But generally, that's that's definitely changed me about taking time for myself, because I have to make the time for myself. Because nobody else is going to make the time for myself, and that's that's the most important. Because if I don't have my health in balance, if I don't have my body in balance and my, my health in order, then I, I can't really do that for anybody else. I could not agree more than that statement, Taylor. No, it really is a profound thing, not only for uh, healthcare practitioners of any sort, but really for everybody. We all have to just make that time, take that time for ourselves each and every day so that we can just live life, I mean, to the fullest and help out others as well. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. It's um, yeah, and it's something that you know, it's something that comes with time, first of all, but it also comes with experience. And I don't think, and I can I can remember people people saying, "Take time for yourself," but without the experience of uh, seeing what happens when you don't take time for yourself, it's not as it's not as profound when you recognize what it takes to take time for yourself and, and, and the importance of it, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, 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 could, you, could, you could tell people as much, as much as we want, we can tell people to take time for themselves. And, and I think the greatest, the greatest teacher is experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I don't, yeah. It, it is time for me to uh, get running off into the clinic here, but do you want to share with anybody, I mean, if you have any uh, anything on social media, anything you want to show people where you're at, what you're up to, uh, or just anything you want to leave the audience with today? You know, I'm actually slowing down, so I'm dialing down my... I, had a, I have a massage practice out here in, um, in San Diego that I've been... Um, I've been slowing it down since I'll be leaving at the end of the summer, um, mm-hmm. and I'm just taking just taking a few clients here and there. Some of the regulars, some of the some of my oldest clients. Um, uh, but I will be I will definitely keep you posted because I will be starting a blog about the uh, travels through Japan and Asia, and uh, all the knowledge of healing that I'll be learning over there. So I'll, when when that drops, I will be sure to let you know and, uh, and get the word out there. Um, yeah, I'm sure people will want to check that out for sure. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to be... I'm excited because I love to write um, and and just taking the time to to do that, well, it's going to be really rejuvenating. Fantastic. Well, Tim, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, I'm sure everybody's excited to hear what... Uh, more, what has to come for you uh, next uh, as you go to Japan and start learning some new techniques and just everything you have to learn about the culture and uh, all the travels. Yeah, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good time. Stay tuned. Oh, man. Timbo, this is this is an awesome talk. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> all right, brother. Hey, uh, you enjoy your day, man. You do the same. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Uh, bye-bye. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach, and the show is sponsored by you guys. Each of you that I work with helps me to be able to put out podcasts like this for free, so thanks again for your love and support. Finally, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others, so thank you.